Hi, everyone. This is Frank Fear, and welcome to Under the Radar. Today, we're going to talk about a subject that I've been thinking about a lot. Uh, no doubt you've heard, uh, perhaps yourself even saying it, but certainly hearing it from others. How stupid can these people be? What were they thinking? And so today, we're going to be focusing on a subject is stupid really as stupid does? And to quote a colleague of mine, there is more to it than that. In fact, let's turn to the colleague, David Connor, who wrote recently, and I quote, one of my great frustrations in today's political climate is that devotion to Trump is 100% emotional. His supporters just feel that Trump is right. It really has no factual analytic basis. No amount of evidence, no logical arguments can sway them. They will dismiss it out of hand. I have encountered this in many talks with Trump supporters. Part of me says they aren't just smart enough to be worth talking to, but I also believe there is more to it than that. And then David reached out, what do you think? Another way of putting that question is, help me understand what's going on. Well, my colleague's ascertainment helped me understand why people can be so, let me put it in my word, not his, stupid, reminded me of the famous words that Forrest Gump uttered in the eponymously entitled film, Stupid is as Stupid Does. And that got my mind churning. Just what is stupid? Well, for starters, I did what we typically do. I turned to the Cambridge Dictionary, any dictionary, good dictionary. And Cambridge defines it as showing poor judgment and lack of intelligence. Nothing surprising there, huh? Synonyms include dimwitted, factuous, thick-headed, weak-minded. Antonyms, the opposite includes smart, bright, and astute. Historically, I found the word stupid can be traced to understandings, not surprisingly, introduced by the Greeks and Romans. The word we use today entered the English language in the mid-16th century. It comes from the Latin verb stupere. The anglicized version of stupid is derived, again, not surprisingly, from the word stupor, which means to be numb or astonished, which we often are, right? But I also learned that stupid is the focus of academic study and research. At a favorite college of mine, namely Occidental College in Los Angeles, students can actually take a course in stupidity. It's a course offered by Professor Glenn A. Elmer Griffin. It's known on campus as Stupidity 180, but it's known formally as Critical Theory Social Justice 180. The course covers the work of philosophers such as Avatel Ronell, who authored the book Stupidity, but it also includes the work of novelists, social commentators, and filmmakers. Professor Griffin describes the course as an artifact of our nature as finite beings and one of the most powerful determinants of human destiny. He continues, 
and I quote, stupidity is a corollary of knowing and an element of normalcy, the double of intelligence rather than its opposite. Think about that for a while. Among many treatments in the academic literature, James F. Wells distinguishes ignorance, which he interprets as the lack or want of knowledge, from stupidity. And get this, which he sees as a conscious, deliberate choice to believe something or to act in a certain way. The aforementioned Avatel Ronell pursues that line of reasoning by describing, by describing stupidity as a deliberate choice that, quote, fatigues knowledge and wears down history. To continue, it is linked to the most dangerous failures of human endeavor. Well, those are very, very strong words. So the question is, how does it lead to the most dangerous failures of human endeavor? For that, I turn to Carlo M. Cipolla's off-sided book on the subject, The Basic Laws of Human Stupidity. And I was very much taken not only by the professor's analysis, but also the foreword, which was written by Nassim Nicholas Talib. Talib affirms Cipolla's third basic law of stupidity, which states that, quote unquote, a stupid person, listen to these words, harms others without procuring any gain for himself or herself. In other words, it's a both and. They harm others, but they also do not gain. And in fact, they may hurt themselves in the process. That is in contrast, both Sapola and Talib say, is in contrast to the much more predictable bandit, a thief who gains something from harming you. Well, I can certainly attest to that interpretation from analyzing the many times I have either been stupid or acted stupidly. And, you know, that personal conclusion brought something important to mind. I went back to the film Forrest Gump and watched scenes of when Gump was talking about stupidity. And I should have remembered this. He didn't ascribe stupidity to others. Gump attributed it to himself. Let's listen in. Are you stupid or something? I'm so stupid as a stupid noise. Are you crazy? Or just plain stupid? Stupid is stupid does, Miss Blue. I guess. Are you stupid or something? Stupid as a stupid does, sir. Now, following Gump's lead, Let's think about stupidity as a belief or act that applies to all of us, not just those we label stupid. Put another way, we are also what we attribute. As one source I found in the literature, quote, he or she might be intelligent, but he or she is also stupid. And Sapola's second basic law of stupidity tells us as much, quote, the probability that a certain person is stupid is independent of any other characteristic of that person. 
Think about that. So that said, it is easy to classify others as stupid. From experience, we often conclude that stupidity is a lifestyle for some people that we know and observe. In other words, stupidity appears to be a recurring pattern of thought and or behavior. It's stupid is as stupid does, as Gump says. In other words, we look at the action which we believe to be stupid or we attribute to its stupidity. And then we say, well, the person is stupid because he did or she did that act. But when we do that, dismissiveness follows. And there's something else with dismissiveness. It becomes a closed circle. We make the attribution that someone is stupid, and we also explain their behaviors or thoughts as stupid. It's a closed circle. Ironically, at least I think, it's stupid to think that way. And a different interpretation of the words I read earlier by Ronell, Professor Ronell, I think tells us why. She wrote, stupidity is linked to the most dangerous failures of human endeavor. We can fail to ask and answer a fundamental question, namely, why does a person think or act in a way that we or others label stupid? And that's precisely what my colleague asked in the quite quotation I read earlier, and I applaud him for it. I think an example might help us understand why that question is so important. You know, it is easy to classify those who have not gotten the COVID-19 vaccine as people who are self-focused and uncaring. They privilege their own right not to get vaccinated over acting responsibly for the public good by getting vaccinated. But rather than categorizing and judging, let's try to understand. With that in mind, what does research tell us about vaccination choice-making? According to a national study conducted by Sergo Ventures, 57% of those studied fell into two groups. At one end of the continuum, that's where I am, 40% are enthusiasts. That is, people who value the opportunity to get the vaccine and have either gotten vaccinated or will get vaccinated soon. At the other end of the continuum, 17%, are what the researchers called conspiracy theorists. These are people who believe that the vaccine is connected to one or more plots, such as, you've heard this, I'm sure, the government is using the vaccine to plant a microchip. Well, that's 57%, the enthusiasts plus the conspiracy theorists. What about the other 43%? Well, the researchers found that 20% are what they called watchful, meaning that they follow and analyze the vaccination experiences of family members, friends, and others in their social circle before deciding what to do. Another 15% said they are delaying because of cost and time issues. Hmm. An excuse? Well, in some cases, the researchers found very legitimate, but when they probed a bit further, they found that delaying 
for whatever reason, is not new when viewed in relationship to many of the respondents' past health practices. They are, in fact, delayers. And another 9% distrust the system. Again, the researchers found when they probed that that conclusion is not just a one-off, but is a function, a result of the respondents' past experiences. Well, if you read the study findings as do I, most of the unvaccinated have reasonable reasons, good reasons perhaps, for not getting vaccinated. Only about one in five persons are acting foolishly, perhaps stupidly. Those are the conspiracy theorists, especially when you view them from a public good perspective. And in fact, if you go back to the definition I gave earlier, one of the laws of stupidity is that not only do you hurt others by your beliefs and actions, but you hurt yourself. And that certainly potentially applies to circumstances associated with those who have been almost militant in their refusal to get vaccinated. But think about it. They're conspiracy theorists. And after all, why believe conspiracy theorists? You really can't believe conspiracy theories. They should be dismissed. But wait. Since late 2019, conspiracy theorists have promulgated a Wuhan lab source of COVID-19 in contrast to the mainstream alternative that COVID-19 the pandemic came by way of zoonotic, that is, animal-to-human transference. The Wuhan lab explanation was rejected consistently by professionals and loads of other reasonable-thinking people. As early as April 2020, National Institutes of Health Director Francis Collins dismissed the possibility, and I quote him, as a conspiracy. But today, the interpretive frame of reference is different. The conspiracy theory may indeed be what happened. And if it is found to be true, the implications, as Thomas Frank argued recently in The Guardian, are enormous. He used the words earthquake-like because it will call into question matters of trust. Think about this. We turn to science for a response to the pandemic, Frank writes. But what if we learn in the end that science is in some way culpable for it? Now, please understand, my purpose here is not to attribute believability to conspiracy theories, and certainly not as an academic to call science into question. The purpose is to point out how important it is to refrain from rushing to judgment about people being stupid and people acting stupidly. We can be stupid in so doing. A reasonable and measured alternative, just as my colleague pursued, is to ask and answer a basic basic question. You know, I'm not sure what is going on here. It doesn't make any sense to me. I need to understand. David Murray put it well in his book, 
entitled An Effort to Understand. Murray asserts that we would be better off if we, and I quote Murray, redirected some of our intellectual energy that we use to draw distinctions and describe our differences and to judge others, and instead applied that energy to see one another more clearly. And I think the most important words in the citation I'm reading to you now come next. Murray writes, and we would see ourselves more clearly as a result. Stupid is as stupid does. Well, there is more to it than that. Again, I thank my colleague, David Connor, for getting me started and thinking along these lines. Uh, and also to another friend and colleague, Steve Shupak, for bringing David Murray's book to my attention. I do want to offer a postscript before I leave you today. I did some research on the idiom, stupid is as stupid does, because I thought it was borrowed, applied directly from a previous source. And what I found was something very different. It seems to be related to language that Chaucer introduced in the 14th century when he asserted, quote, handsome is as handsome does. Later in the 18th century, Oliver Goldsmith included that idiom in the preface to his The Vicar of Wakefield. Back then, the words pretty and beauty were often used to expand the idiom's generalizability. So it was handsome sometimes, it was pretty at other times, or beauty at still other times. Irrespective of the word choice, though, and I think this is terribly important, idiom means this, good deeds are more important than good looks. Today, though, in contrast to that historical understanding that has a moral reference, stupid is as stupid does is much more simply descriptive in nature. It says one's actions are an indicator of intelligence or the lack thereof. Well, I hope this was at least enjoyable and hopefully informative for you. I certainly enjoyed putting together it putting it together. My name is Frank Fear. Thank you again for listening to Under the Radar. And as always, I hope our paths will cross again very soon. Take care, everyone.